Well, we're heading to the bookstore this week on Off the Beaten Track, and joining us once again is Peter Rukavina. Hi, Peter. Hi there, Matt. Nice to have you back. Now, uh, you have something in your personal life has kind of brought about this item well, today. My, my, yeah, my partner Catherine is expecting our first child in September. Congratulations. So, uh, we're going to the uh, pregnancy and childbirth section of the bookstore Off the Beaten Track today. Excellent. Now, what did you find there? Because, I mean, I, I, I did the same thing like about 10 months ago, and uh, it is fairly daunting to walk into that section of the bookstore and see all of these different books, all with different... Sometimes agendas, sometimes just yeah. information. I, I guess what I was going to the bookstore looking for, more than anything else probably, was something which which wasn't cloying. Uh, <laughs> and cl cloying, I think, is the key here. Uh, <laughs> syrupy, sweet, saccharine, mm, drenched with myth or fad. Uh, I was looking for clarity, I guess, more than anything else, and, and what I found was two books, I think, which, which offered in spades. So. Okay, well, let's talk about them. Well, the first one is, is a book called Pregnancy and Birth, the Best Evidence written by a woman named uh, Joyce Barrett in, in uh, conjunction with a woman named Teresa Pittman. Joyce is an MD, uh, been working with children and pregnancy and obstetrics for 29 years. Uh, Teresa is a doula, a labor coach, also a childbirth educator. And the best evidence part of the title is, is really the key. What they've done is they've distilled all the scientific evidence about pregnancy and childbirth into not something which talks down to, to the expecting couple, but which simply presents the evidence as uh, this is uh, what you'll be offered, these are the approaches, uh, make an informed uh, choice. I think that's really the uh, the key message in the book. Mm -hmm. Again, it's in, in, when, when you have all these pregnancy books talking about tests and, and in many cases sort of following the party line, if you will, uh, you know, the sort of the, the traditional way that pregnancies are done in a hospital with test X and test Y and, and so on and so forth, this is sort of a breath of uh, fresh air. One of the things, for example, talks about is the maternal serum test. We're just at 20 weeks now, so this was just something that, that came up about four weeks ago in, in our pregnancy. Uh, and this is a test which is just routinely offered in, in most hospitals in North America. And it, it's a test of the mother's blood to test for chromosomal abnormalities. It won't tell you whether there are abnormalities. It essentially gives you a, a range of probabilities, saying, you know, you have a 50% chance of having a child with Down syndrome or, mm -hmm. or some other abnormality. That's one of the, the, the keys that the, uh, this, uh, the book talks about is that you're not actually getting a definitive answer, you're getting a, a probability, and that it might just stress you out more than it will actually help you because there's nothing you can do about it uh, in the end unless you want to terminate the pregnancy. And, and most books just sort of, uh, you know, they, they gloss over that fact as if it didn't exist. So, so clear-headed answers, I guess, is, uh, is really what this book is good at. What, what I found from some people I know is they buy these books and they use them, they use them a bit like a Bible and they're always referring to them. And, and when different books or different magazine articles say, different things, you get all this different information. Sometimes, like you say, there can be a bit of, uh, I know it's not intentional fear-mongering, but it, it does create fear. I mean, you, you look at this best odds diet and what to expect when you're expecting, it's just absurd. No yeah. one could do this. And I, I mean, I think that the key thing that I took away from this book, above and beyond that, you know, this is what you should think about if you're going to have an amnio, and this is a VBAC birth, and all these sorts of things, is that, uh, and they say this uh, very clearly up front, is that if you were lost in the woods you got pregnant, you had no OBGYNs or GPs or doulas or midwives or, or books, nine times out of ten, 99 times over 100, your pregnancy is just going to go tickety-boo and everything will be fine. So <laughs> I think we've over, uh, over-scienced, over-medicated ourselves in terms of looking at pregnancy almost as a disease or a, or a phenomenon as opposed to just sort of a natural thing that 
people just happen to do. Absolutely. So. Is the book more, uh, is it advice-oriented? Just does it present the information? Yeah, it, it's, not, it's not dogmatic. Uh, Joyce has a, a, a background in midwifery. Actually, I just, as it turns out, I found this after reading the book. Uh, she's good friends with another friend of mine who's a midwife, and, and Joyce has assisted midwives and is very pro-midwife in, in her practice, but certainly isn't dogmatic in that way. You know, talks about home births as an option, talks about hospital births as an option. Uh, it's really not an advice book as much as a, here's the lay of the land, uh, make an informed choice, talk to your OBGYN, talk to your GP, and, uh, and just go in informed, I guess, is the central message probably. Okay, and it's called Pregnancy and Birth, The Best Evidence. That's one book. What, what is the second one? I think this one's a little different. Yeah, well, this one is called The Kid, What Happened After My Boyfriend and I Decided to Get Pregnant. Uh, relatively innocuous title until you realize that the author of the book is a guy named Dan Savage and that he and his, his partner are both men. So a little unusual in terms of adoption, maybe for most people, but uh, it's actually quite an interesting book. It, it essentially tells the tale of Dan Savage and his, his partner Terry deciding that they wanted to have a child and, and uh, just going out there and figuring out how to do it. I've heard this name Dan Savage. He writes a, a column. I've seen it in the uh, in, in the Coast magazine, yeah. published out of Halifax. You'll, you'll see it in alternative weeklies across North America. He's a, he's a gay sex columnist, although he doesn't he doesn't write about gay sex, he writes about sex generally, and uh, he writes a column called Savage Love, so that's sort of his, that's his day job, and uh, this book just talks about what he does in his off hours, I guess. <laughs> well, tell us a bit about the story. What well, happens? obviously being two men, it was uh, not possible for, for Dan and Terry to go and have a child the quote-unquote usual way, so they had to look at alternative methods. They approached a couple of lesbian couples about the idea of maybe uh, having a child and co-parenting it in some way. You know, obviously this, the same challenge exists on, on the other side, if you will, for lesbians. That didn't pan out just because of interpersonal difficulties and so uh, they were lucky in that they both lived in Seattle and they were near Oregon and Oregon just happens to be one of the most progressive adoption states in, in the U.S. Okay. So well known apparently if you're if you're into adoption uh, everyone talks about Oregon as, as, as the model and one of the new models in terms of adoption is something called open adoption and that's where as, as opposed to you know the woman uh, uh, giving birth and the, the baby being spirited off in the middle of the night and never hearing from the mother this is a very open process the mother the birth mother is very involved with the adoptive parents both uh, in, in the pregnancy, uh, during the birth, and then after uh, after the pregnancy throughout the child's life, uh, potentially. It's something which is negotiated uh, beforehand by uh, by all the parties involved. W was that a challenge for Dan Savage and his partner to come in and say, we're a gay couple, we want to adopt Well, actually, it's interesting. The book is not really a book about gay adoption, per se. It's a book about op uh, open adoption and sort of a funky adoption because uh, they ended up adopting the baby boy of a, of a woman who, by choice, lived on the street in Oregon. So that was so that's sort of the more the interesting... Mm. Uh, hook to it uh, above and beyond anything else. The fact that they were gay didn't really seem to be an issue. I mean, it's it's a thread that runs throughout the book uh, just in terms of their lifestyle and how they relate to their fellow couples in, in adoption meetings. And uh, and it does come up because a lot of people turn to adoption because of infertility. And of course, they were sort of permanently infertile, if you will, so they didn't have to face a lot of the same emotional challenges that uh, the heterosexual couples did. And do they talk about their, their parenting roles, how that works? Yeah, they talk. They talk. It really, it's it's uh, it's right from uh, their, their first notion that uh, we should have a child. They talk about why they want to have a child. They're quite frank about about why they want to have uh, children, and uh, it's interesting because this is sort of like if you and going back to the notion of all these books being very cloying. This is sort of like a, a book about pregnancy and childbirth, and you, you sort of rip out all the heterosexual 
deploying this. And what you're left with is, is a pretty clear and compelling tale of, of really what it's like to have children. And it's, it's quite honest and, and frank. I mean, it's, it's, it's frank both in terms of uh, uh, why we want to have children, how we've gone about doing it. It's also a little frank on, on the gay sex part. So if you're, if you're timid on, uh, on that regard, you might want to uh, shy away from it. But, uh, but generally, it's just a, it's a compelling tale that is uh, quite forthright and honest. And again, as an expecting father, I just found it a, a useful read more from the emotional point of view than, uh, than from the medical one, which is what the first book touched on. And is this available most bookstores? Well, actually, I saw, I just happened to see Dan Savage uh, interviewed on the Mike Bullard show. Uh, he sounded like an interesting guy, so yeah. I sent off an email to the Confederation Center Library, and uh, they sent me an email back, and two or three months later, the book was in stock, and I'm going to return it this afternoon, so <laughs> if, if you're interested, uh, you, can, you can go and check it out. Again, it's called The Kid, and it's by Dan Savage. Yeah, the kid, what happened after my boyfriend and I decided to get pregnant. Great title. And uh, Peter, we appreciate this, and good luck with everything. Well, I, we're going I, off to the ultrasound in 10 minutes, so... <laughs> hey, good luck! <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that next time. Thanks, Peter. Thanks.